0: Welcome to the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Winderall. This podcast is designed to bring real and raw conversations about spirituality into the forefront of living our yoga off the mat and in our businesses. Topics covered include insights into the yoga industry, teaching, wellness, Ayurveda, meditation, and entrepreneurship. Basically, all the topics we're interested in. Thanks for joining me. Now tune in and turn it up. Hello, and welcome back to the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Winderall, and I want to just thank you for tuning in. We are kicking off season six, and this is really exciting and something I have been wanting to do for a very long time. It just took me a while to be ready to be ready to start up the podcast. So it's been about a year and a half since season five ended. And that sounds like a long time, but it doesn't really feel like a long time. I think we can all relate to this very strange time warp that we've all been in post-pandemic. So, so many things on my mind, on my heart that I want to talk about and that I will talk about, and we'll get into um, this season, things related to teaching yoga, the business of yoga, and what it looks like to have a career as a yoga teacher, or how you get a career as a yoga teacher. And I'm going to be changing the format a little bit for season six. Um, usually, I have a lot of guests on and interesting conversations with different people, and I really love that. But. It's gonna be mostly just me this season. So, tune in if you like it, and if you don't, that's okay. So, thinking about what what's been happening in the last year and a half, and and where I'm at, um, it's it's almost even hard <laughs> to try and put into words, and challenging and difficult. Yet, some really really beautiful parts, and um, you know, the pandemic changed me in really big ways, and most of all because I had my beautiful darling son Oliver during that period in 2020, and trying to navigate motherhood and the isolation of being a pandemic mother, as well as a small business owner, and trying to figure out how do you run a small business during a pandemic, and how do you run a service-based Business during the pandemic and after the pandemic has been something that's just wild, so wild, so crazy. And I will say that something that's been really helpful for me is having other yoga teachers to talk to, to reach out to, and, you know, getting a pulse on what's happening in the yoga industry. Because no matter which teacher I talk to, where in the world they live, Every single teacher says the same thing, that the yoga industry has changed. It is looking very different than it did two or three years ago. And I think that's good and bad. And so that's some of the stuff I want to unpack this season is, you know, how did the yoga industry change and what does it look like going forward? But for today, I decided I wanted to start season six by talking about my all-time favorite topic, and this is the topic of community and how community and connection with others is really the antidote to suffering and how the human condition requires us to have relationships with others and a whole range of relationships that serve different needs in our life. We have our romantic partners. We have our family. We have our friendships. We have our female friendships or male friendships. And we have the bonds with our children, with our parents. And the pandemic, I think, really, more than anything, highlighted what happens when we're isolated as humans. And over time, how that isolation and loneliness can really impact us. It impacts our psyche. It impacts our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health. And so when we experience any sort of suffering, when we experience this feeling of disconnect or a feeling of separation or separate from, then the way back, the way to counterbalance that, the way to create an antidote is, of course community and connection. And this is not new. We all know this. We're all aware of this. But I think it's very different to consider the idea of community from a a theoretical or a analytical standpoint versus the lived experience of what happens when you don't have community. And Yoga and the practice of yoga is all about community. It's all about coming together, our sangha, our spiritual community, to discuss these ideas that are really important to us and to find like-minded individuals who we can have conversations with, who we can ask questions from, who we can learn from. And this is, I think, what makes yoga so special because we're not just coming together to sit at a bar, drink some beers, and talk about, you know, our coworkers or gossip about the newest reality TV shows. Yoga is about coming together to talk about spiritual inquiry. It is coming together to talk about things that matter to us on a much deeper, much truer level. And when that was stripped away from us during the pandemic— I think at first we didn't even really notice. I didn't notice. I was like, oh, okay, well, this will blow over in a few months, and things will just like pick up where they were <laughs> before COVID. And the reality is that's not quite what we've been seeing. And I think we are gonna see see an up upshift and uptick in community coming back together, but there's this very real residual after or aftershock of how our community was affected because of the pandemic. And this is something I have been talking about with every yoga teacher friend of mine that I know, in the US, in Europe, in Norway. How do we rebuild? How do we reconnect? And this is so nuanced, and there's a lot of different things that come into play here. Um, first of all, you know, for many of us individually, The effect of isolation actually eroded some of our interpersonal communication skills. I have talked to so many people who say that they're still not actually really even comfortable being in groups. Or they've kind of forgotten some of their social cues, how to have conversations, the give and take of a natural conversation. And I can certainly relate to this. I have noticed for myself, like sometimes I'll be in social situations, and I'm feeling uncomfortable or awkward, and I say the wrong thing, and then spend hours replaying that conversation or that comment in my head, and I know I'm not the only one. So it's almost like we have to relearn the skill. We have to retrain ourselves how to be in authentic communication with people. In a way that doesn't feel forced or fearful. And part of that for ourselves, I think, is bringing in a compassionate mindset of like, okay, you know what? This is tough. This is hard. This is actually new. If you think about like when we as humans develop social skills, you know, sometimes, you know, you start when you're a toddler and you're learning how to share toys, and then you start in school, and you have to stand in line, you have to raise your hand to talk, like, and then you're in high school, and you're having maybe your first romantic relationships, and there's a lot that it takes time to learn these skills. We don't do it all at once, and so when COVID came in and completely changed stuff, I think we have to really remind ourselves that it's going to take some time to get back into a space where we feel comfortable being vulnerable with other people again. And we can cut ourselves some slack if we maybe say something that's wrong or aren't fully expressive in the way that we'd like to be. And so retraining these communication skills and being kind to ourselves while we do that. And then also being kind to others. If somebody seems to be presenting a weird exterior or says something strange or is short in a text or an email or in person, perhaps giving them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, like, wow, OK, maybe maybe they have some internal struggle still, learning how to come back and be in person with people. So if this resonates with you, great. And if not, that's OK, too. I just thought it's important to bring that up and highlight it. Because when we're talking about community, we're we're innately talking about communication. We're talking about how we share our ourselves and our experience with one another. And so if our communication has been stunted or damaged in some way, then it makes sense that also our ability to connect in community might feel awkward or inauthentic to some degree. So just a little food for thought and When we come back into the space of community as yoga teachers and yoga students, I've also noticed that, at least in Norway, there's been a huge delay in people feeling safe physically. Even though Norway did a really good job controlling the spread of the virus and and the lockdowns were pretty severe for quite a while, I think there's this innate fear that's kind of in the back of a lot of people's minds of like, oh, okay, what's going to happen if I show up? Am I going to get sick? Is is an event going to be canceled? And taking the steps to you know, push ourselves outside our comfort zone and be like, okay, the likelihood of something bad happening at this point is pretty minimal, pretty low. So, getting back out there. And I had heard too that um You know, at least in the last year or so, I think studios started opening up, it's been less than a year in Norway. And it, of course, differs where you are if you were in Oslo or Trondheim or Bergen. But but what I would hear a lot from students is, oh, yeah, I want to go to that yoga class. I miss yoga so much. But, oh, it's kind of rainy. It's kind of gross outside. Actually, I think I'll just stay home. And I get it. I feel that way a lot, too. (laughs) You're cozy. It's dark. It's cold. You just want to be at home. And so a lot of people were not coming to yoga for either they were worried physically about their health, or they were just in new patterns, new habits and behaviors. And it was easier to be at home. It was more comfortable to be at home. And so I find this fascinating, Like just from a psychological standpoint. Um, all across the board, not just yoga related, but the fact that we were forced to to have a shutdown and we didn't want to. And then over time, we accepted it and created new habits. And then the conditions that created the lockdown were gone. So now all of a sudden the world could open up again. And yet we had these new habits. And the new habits were like, yeah, I'll be at home. I've got my PJs. I got my Netflix, whatever. And so there's this lag, of people coming back into the studio. However, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer because I think that is finally starting to shift. I have heard really awesome accounts of things happening in Oslo and in Trondheim. Studios are filling up. There's wait lists for a lot of classes again. And I know for myself, running teacher trainings, I'm definitely seeing an uptick in people who are interested in coming to a teacher training and ready to spend a weekend or several weekends out of their home doing something that they love and are passionate about. So I think the forecast actually is really positive and hopeful. And oh, that gives me a lot of hope, for sure, because we can't have community unless we're in community. (laughs) We can certainly, of course, have community online. Social media can sometimes fill that gap. Um, Podcasts can fill that gap, but or at least add to that, filling that gap. But we can't truly have human connection, in my opinion, unless we're able to physically share space with others, make eye contact, share body language. There's so much of communication that's picked up on that's not just verbal or across a computer screen. And... The thing that we crave most is being seen as humans, feeling like somebody gets us, feeling like there's a sense of belonging, feeling like we have a place somewhere. And for many of us, our yoga community has been that place. Our community at our local studio has been that place. And even though what we crave is to be seen and to feel like we belong to a part of something, there still has been this hesitation to jumping fully back into the level of commitment to a community that we had prior to COVID. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think there's no judgment on that. It's just an observation of what has been and what is. And so when we're thinking about what's really important to us, and it's feeling like we belong, feeling like somebody cares about us, feeling like we can be seen in this way, and yet somehow there's some weird thing holding us back from fully being seen. It's this dichotomy. It's this flip-flop. It's like, okay, we really want this one thing, and yet we still have this hesitation. We're holding ourselves back from it. What's that about? I don't have the answers fully, uh, but I do think that when we are separated, whether by By force, like a shutdown, or by choice, like we're trying to preserve our health for some reason, or we're not sure, we're not comfortable, we're not confident participating in community in that way yet. The underlying effect of that is that we feel some form of suffering. We feel isolated. We feel lonely. We feel disconnected. We feel ungrounded. And so how do we then allow ourselves to be fully seen when we have this internal struggle of like, I want this, but I don't want this. I want this, but I don't want this. And I think about one of my favorite examples of community that happened right before the shutdown. And this was the Atman Yoga Festival in Oslo. And I think it was like literally two weeks It was the end of February, and the shutdown in in Norway started March 13. Um, You know, just this beautiful celebration of community. The vibe was high. The energy was high. The connection was there. People were hugging and practicing yoga. We had amazing vendors and awesome teachers. It was so much fun. And then this abrupt ending two weeks later, and then the sense that now we're missing something, the sense that how do we get back to that vibe, to that energy that we were feeling in our yoga shalas and our yoga communities before the pandemic? And so the Cliff Notes, we had a huge societal shift that created some challenges for all of us in terms of human connection and in terms of feeling our own Um, self-satisfaction in our lives. And then there's been some hesitation coming back to yoga that we've seen the last year, year and a half. And now, finally, (sighs) the sigh of relief. We're coming back into the shalas. We're coming back into the studios. And that energy is still there. It is. I was teaching a workshop in Oslo uh, last weekend, and It was packed, fully booked. And the energy was high. The vibe was amazing. It was so great. And all of us were just looking at each other like, this. This is it. This is what we've been missing. This is what our heart has been craving. A smile and eye contact, a hug with a friend, moving and breathing together in a room, practicing yoga. It's magic. It is the salve or balm that we all need for our hearts when we're feeling disconnected, when we're feeling some level of suffering due to disconnection, due to lack of community. And you know, in my trainings, I talk about this a lot. One of my very favorite concepts or teachings comes from the bhakti tradition, the path of devotion. And the teaching is this. We want to have elevated conversations with elevated people in elevated places. And as yogis, we're doing this when we have conversations about yoga in yoga shalas with other yoga students. Because we're spending our time talking about concepts and teachings that truly make a difference in our life, that truly can change our human condition in this moment, in this lifetime, and that's so much more profound than the example I gave earlier. Sitting at the bar, you know, talking about your coworkers or gossiping about friends you have in common—that's fine, but that's definitely not going to aid in spiritual development in any sort of way. Um, but coming together as a yoga community, the sangha, that's where we can feed our soul and we can really start to feel inspired and excited and motivated about the path that we're on and the journey that we're taking, both as individuals and collectively as a community. So this is why I've been thinking so much about this idea recently, is because we're all in this process of healing, healing together and rebuilding our community together. When I started the Atman Yoga School in 2015, that was, and still is but this was the motivation for creating the Atman Yoga School, was this idea that I wanted to have a space for community to talk about the ideas of yoga and Ayurveda and meditation that I was most interested in. And I thought that if I created a community or at least started a community like that, other people who were interested in those same things would find it and we could grow it together. And that's exactly what's happened. And it's so beautiful and amazing for me to witness and be part of. And we had an an alumni dinner um, last weekend when I was in Oslo. And it was so fun to see students coming from different classes, different years of graduation. And it didn't matter that they had never met before. They were able to introduce themselves, sit down, share a meal together, laugh, talk about yoga, or whatever they wanted to talk about. And there's this common bond, this common understanding, this common starting point of like, hey, we have all been trained in the same way. We've all talked about the same conversations. We have the same viewpoint on a lot of topics. And that, to me, is the goal of everything. It's the goal to find the people who you feel at home with and that you feel safe with and that you feel like you can trust. And perhaps the most important part of that is that you are part of a community where you feel like you can be yourself, where you can show up authentically without having to apologize for who you are, without having to change who you are, without having to hide who you are. That in itself is so valuable and honestly pretty rare, I think, to find a community where that is true across the board. And our yoga community is a space for that. It's a space to come and just show up and trust that you will be met, that you will be seen, that you will be included, at least at the Atman Yoga School. And for me, as I've been trying to wrestle with these ideas of how do we rebuild a community, how do we participate in a community if we're feeling anxious or uncertain, there's just so many things. It's so multilayered to consider. And for me, that's the most important thing. Like I want to be part of a community where I feel like I can just be me. I don't have to change. I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not. And the reality is there's so few spaces in our life that are like that. We are constantly conditioned to present ourselves a certain way, to follow certain rules and, and societal expectations, parental expectations, work obligations, we're getting it from all sides. We're getting this pressure to, to be a certain way. I mean, the parenting world, that's a whole other ballgame of, of how you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to raise your children. And, you know, we just don't have time and space to just uh, land And yet yoga and our yoga mat and our yoga shalas, they can be that place where we can finally just say, okay, I made it. I'm here. This is all I got. This is it. And truly feel comfortable trusting that that's enough, that that's that's it. We don't have to look a certain way or be able to do handstand or pronounce our Sanskrit words 100% perfectly. It's um, not about that. So I'm wondering what what you're thinking about community and what community means to you and how it feels when you are in a place of community. As we think about the yoga community rebuilding, the yoga industry rebuilding, I think it's a really exciting turning point where we kind of have this opportunity to think about how do we want our community together to look? And I'm not talking just about like the Atman yoga community. I'm talking about our global yoga community. There have been a lot of like crazy wild things that have happened, not just in the last few years, but that have come to light in the past few years. Uh, Lots of abuses of power, lots of cultish behavior, lots of really dark and ugly things, um, manipulations that have happened in the yoga community. And I think this is kind of a reckoning, a turning point where we have power now because we're kind of starting at this ground zero almost, building the yoga community back up of what do we stand for? What kind of behavior do we accept? And if we are students of yoga and teachers of yoga and we're following the teachings of yoga and the ethics of yoga and the the mindset and goal of yoga, then we want perhaps to be a bit more transparent with some of our actions and hold people accountable when actions aren't matching up to how we think yoga students and teachers should be acting and you know that that's also part of our community is changing the things we don't like And then enhancing the things that we do like and making it a safe space for everybody and making it inclusive for everybody and making it a place where we want to be and where we don't have to worry about being taken advantage of or manipulated or hurt in any way. And this is also something I have spent a huge amount of time contemplating in the past few years. Uh, personally, my role as a yoga teacher and my role as the owner of a yoga teacher training school and the role that the small role that I play in helping to support our yoga community locally. And I think it's really important for all of us as teachers in particular, but students also, to think about our why. Why and how do we want to show up in the world? And how do we want to show up as people who teach yoga and live yoga and share yoga and holding ourselves to the standard of, it's quite high, of integrity and living ethically and living morally and really being the change that we want to see in the world and allowing our actions to match our words and coming from a place of love and compassion and wanting to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be, that we can put out into the world to inspire others and to really share what yoga is about, to show what yoga is about. So those are just some closing thoughts I'll leave you with. And I just want to say thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And oh, stay tuned. More coming up next week. Bye-bye.